Hello and welcome to the Anxiety to Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Booth, and I've been a clinical hypnotherapist since 2011. I specialise in helping people overcome anxiety and build confidence instead. This weekly podcast will cover a wide range of mental health issues related to anxiety, along with some helpful tips and suggestions that you can try at home. If you have any questions that you'd like answered in a future episode, then please head to www.anxietytoconfidence.com forward slash podcast. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. I'm very pleased to say that this week I am joined by Angela all the way from the United States. Angela is talking to us today about her experiences of anxiety, how it affected her at a relatively young age and some of the techniques that she's found really, really helpful now. This is such a nice episode. Angela is an amazing person and really upbeat despite the fact that she's challenging herself to live with anxiety every single day. So I very much hope that you find this particular episode very, very useful. So first of all, I really just want to offer a huge thank you for coming on here and being open to sharing your story with all of our listeners. The first thing I'd like to do is just ask you to introduce yourself. Sure. So my name is Angela. I am originally from Miami, Florida in the United States. Um, I recently moved to Atlanta. I am 32 years old. I am a single mother. Um, My daughter is 12 years old. When you asked for volunteers, you know, for for this podcast, I was just really excited Um, when I saw that you were, you know, asking or looking for volunteers. I was just really excited to be able to tell my story because, well, for one, some people don't know my story, obviously, um, but maybe my story can help someone else. So I was like, sure, why not? Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. So I'm hoping with these guest series, by having loads of people come on and talk about their own experiences, that I'm hoping that there'll be more people out there that maybe will be reassured because their story Mm -hmm. is similar and may also help them understand and feel like there's lots of people that go through these issues. They're all unique. They're all very different depending on the person. Right. So, and that's, that's the first thing, right? Like anxiety does not look the same for everyone. And there's no one way, you know, to deal with it. Um, and yeah. I think that the sooner people are able to understand that, the, the sooner we're able to bring awareness to it um, and we can help each other through it. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Right. So I'd be interested in hearing how anxiety has affected your life. Oh, my goodness. Um, so like I was saying, so my first experience that I can remember with anxiety was my first semester in college. I had an anxiety attack in my college dorm room. Now that's the first experience that I can remember. And that's not to say that I didn't have these experiences before and I just was not able to verbalize them because maybe I didn't understand really what was happening within my body. Um, But the first time that I can actually remember was in college. I feel like my anxiety has kind of, it trickles into different aspects of my life, right? So going to work, um, dealing with my supervisor, trying to date as a single mother, like I said, um, being a parent, right? Like my anxiety 
kind of like filters into all of those different aspects of, of my life. Fine, it's a daily thing, it's a daily struggle, um, but I've, I've noticed that the more that I become aware of myself and my body, I'm able to, I wanna say maintain, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, it's definitely an ongoing process. Right. So for people listening, because um, the American school system is quite different to over here, roughly how old were you when you were in college having your first panic attack? So in college, I had to have been 18. Okay, yeah. Yep, yep, I was around 18. Um, and again, that's the first time that I was able to verbalize it, right? Because I feel like people have always had, like depression is not new, anxiety is not new, um, but I feel like with, with so much internet, so much knowledge, so much access to this knowledge, we're able to actually put words to our feelings, right? To our emotions. And so as I got older, I was like, oh, that's what I've been feeling. Oh, it's called anxiety. I didn't know when I was younger what I was feeling exactly, you know, so. You felt yeah. it before then, really? I think probably, probably, and I just didn't have the words. You first became aware of it when you were around 18. Obviously right. at that point in life, you're trying to study, you're trying to get started. How did it affect you then? I left college. Really? Yeah, yeah, I, it was, um, I was also dealing with a lot of trauma that I did not, that I had not taken care of because again, I did not know, I was 18, right? So I didn't know that these things that had happened to me would affect me in the long run, um, but it, everything ended up coming to a, a head, <laughs> obviously, and it affected me so much that I actually ended up dropping out of that school. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you don't have the words really to verbalize what it is that you're feeling, what you're thinking, and you know, all you know is that you're having an anxiety attack, you really don't even know that it's called an anxiety attack, you're having like a breakdown in your dorm room, it's like, hey, I just want to go home. I don't want to be here. Um, and so I think that it, it started then, definitely, affecting me and my life. And then from there, it's like, okay, you drop out of school. Then you got to go back home. You have to start over. You start self-medicating, right? Um, because you're like a therapist. I'm, I'm 18. What are you talking about? Like, I'm, I'm not thinking about that. Um, so it started like the, the spiral, if you will, started then. And definitely affected me then. Are you comfortable talking about how you self-medicated? Sure. So drinking, right? Marijuana, hanging out, partying, like all of those things. <laughs> but heavily, right? Like, so, hey, having a drink here and there, it's not horrible. It's not the end of the world. But heavily, heavily, right? To the point where it's like, I didn't want to be in the real world. I had to be what's the word, um, under the influence, right? For me, that was normal. For me, it gave me an escape. And yeah, that's how yeah. I self-medicate it. I think that also, feeling of escape is, is so common, but yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, um, sexually, right? Like becoming hyper, being hypersexual. It was, it also provided an escape. Like a different feeling. Correct, correct. Okay, so getting to the point where you can't cope with how you're feeling on a day-to-day -day basis. So right. looking for these other feelings instead. Right, there you go, exactly. Okay, yeah. 
I think uh, a lot of people will will understand that on yeah. quite a deep level as to how easy it is to get into that yeah. way of living. Right. So how have things then progressed for you? That's a great question. How have things progressed for me? I think it's, so again, it's an ongoing thing, right? It's not something that you just wake up one day and it's like, oh, that was, that's over with. All right, cool. Um, it's something that I live with every day. It's something that I have had to make myself aware of. I feel like I've progressed over time and trying different methods for myself. Um, and so what that looks like for me is being active. Um, I also meditate heavily. I meditate every day. Um, and so with that, I'm able to practice mindfulness. I'm able to be in the moment. And that has helped me tremendously. That's how I've been able to progress. Also, I've had an amazing support system, right? Like just amazing people that I can call at any time and they are able to talk me down. <laughs> That's what I call it. Or, or like talk me off the ledge because I can spiral often. Um, but my support system is amazing. I do realize that everyone doesn't have that support system, you know? So, I mean, I, I would suggest just having one person if you can, um, just having that one person that maybe can try to help you sometimes. But therapy is great too. Therapy, I, I recommend that for anyone. Um, even if you don't think you need it, give it a chance. Definitely. Yeah, that's great advice. Definitely. Yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier that you found that anxiety, it wasn't just one thing. It kind of went into lots of different areas of your life. I wondered if you could talk about the way it's affected some of those areas. Sure. So work, right? Um, <laughs> so let's say, right, a regular day, um, my director, and I'm not talking about my current director, I'm just saying, you know, in general, my director may say something to me and <laughs> I will literally take what they say and in my mind, almost like spin it and, and then focus on it, right? And so it makes it, it, makes it really difficult um, to remain positive in your work environment when you drone in on every little thing that someone says. Like, well, why did they say it this way? Well, they must not like me. Well, they must, they're gonna fire me. Okay, well then I need to quit before they fire me. And it's like, it, it's just a constant, you know, trying to stay one one up on everyone else around you. If that, does that make sense? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, Absolutely. yeah, yeah, it's like, it, I become super focused on how they said something versus what they said. Part of that is my anxiety, right? Like it's, it's causing me to think about, okay, well, what if, well, in the future, and maybe they're going to do this. And when in reality, they're probably not even thinking about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, it's, it's affected me in that area. It affects me in parenting, right? Again, because I'm, I'm thinking, okay, well, I, I said this to her 10 minutes ago. Um, now I'm thinking, okay, I've ruined her for the rest of her life. And, uh, you know, she's, she's, this is all my fault and I have to be the worst mother. And uh, a lot of it is I'm, I'm hyper-focused on possibilities and, you know, possi possible outcomes, if you will. Is it always things that can go wrong? 
always things that can go wrong. Always things that can go wrong. Yeah. Very interesting. It's usually not things that can go right. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like it can be really challenging. We call it in therapy, we call it mind reading. So particularly mm. when you're overanalyzing what other people are talking about, that right. um, is quite a common thing that a lot of people do. And we do it with friends and things sometimes as well, when they don't text us back straight away. We think, oh, yeah, oh, definitely. We're like, oh, they, she doesn't want to be my friend anymore. This friendship is over. Mind you, you guys have been friends for like 20 years. You know, maybe she was just busy at work, but your mind will automatically go to worst case scenario. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's very common. I think a lot of people will uh, have experienced that. Yeah, and and again, so that affects dating, right? Like when we talk about ghosting and we talk about um, texting in this generation, um, we are often really sensitive to to like when someone doesn't text us back fast enough, right? It's automatically like, oh, they must not really like me. Um, and what I've noticed for myself is that that can often cause or create like self-sabotage, self-sabotaging behaviors, right? Um, to automatically assume what someone else is feeling and what someone else is thinking, right? Um, but often it, it is the anxiety of it all. Anxiety around them not liking you, you not being good enough. Oh, absolutely. All of yeah. those things. All of it. Yes. All of it. So you mentioned before that you would recommend therapy. Is that something that helped you? Um, so here's the thing. So I was in therapy a very long time ago. It did not help me. I, I was much younger. Um, I went again in my 30s. Uh, and it, it I don't want to say that it didn't help. It um, it wasn't that effective. And so I'm going to be going again. Um, but I would still recommend it because I think it's just really great to have someone to talk to. Um, and so even if you may not see the effects of it right away, I think it's important to just try to stick with it. Like I said, my first two times, I was just like, okay, I'm not really interested in this. It's not working for me. But I'm going to be going back again. And I'm going to give it another try. And if it doesn't work, I'm going to try it again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, until it works. That sounds great. Keep, keep trying. Because sometimes it, the right therapist at the right time can right. be the, the key to that. Um, and also acknowledging that, you know, I have to put in the work also, right? Like, there's only so much that the therapist can do. A lot of it is going to be on myself to actually put in the work, do the homework, um, be open, all of those things in order to actually see some kind of, I want to say difference. Talk to us a little bit about mindfulness. You said you practice, did you say every day? Oh, I meditate every day, sometimes twice a day. Oh, it's so, it's so amazing to me. I love it. I love it. It's so exciting that I, I get excited to go to bed at night because I know, okay, I'm going to go into meditation. Um, and the feeling is so euphoric. Um, being able to be in the moment, even if it's for five minutes, creates such a difference 
um, I think when people are able to understand the connection between the mind and the body, you will see tremend a tremendous outcome. Um, when your body is relaxed, when you're able to focus and be in the moment after, you know, we're working all day from the time we open our eyes, we're on go, you know, between parenting, working, school, some of us, you know, we're constantly on go. So even if it's just for five minutes at the end of the day to practice that mindfulness, to be in the moment, it changed my life. I'm, I'm very passionate about it, if you can tell. Um, and I often get people asking me like, well, how do you do it? And, you know, what's the process? There is no one way to meditate. You do what works for you. You know, um, in the beginning, you may not be able to focus right away, right? Like you, you may be thinking about a thousand things. That's fine. Keep trying. Keep doing it. It's like therapy. Keep trying. Keep doing the work. You'll see a difference. You just have to stick with it. So for people listening who maybe have never tried any meditation before, do you have any suggestions of things they could have a go at and see if they sure. work? Sure, absolutely. So I started with YouTube, right? I started with guided meditation. Um, guided, so with guided meditation, someone is talking to you. They're guiding you throughout the meditation. Um, for me, it was a little bit easier versus just going and meditating on my own. Um, I, I do both, but um, the guided meditation, I would suggest to like beginners. Um, and maybe if it's just 15 minutes, maybe just devote 15 minutes to doing that. Definitely. Yeah, there's so many resources out there available now. So YouTube is a great place to go. Um, there are various apps and things, and it can be a lot easier to achieve that kind of focus and relaxation when somebody is talking you through what to do. Yeah. I would yeah. say absolutely, yeah. So that's such a good starting point is having yeah. somebody guide you through the process. Um, yeah. So for me, when I first got into it, it's, it is a lot easier when someone's talking you through. Yeah. It's only really later as you get used to it that it's easier to do on your own. Right. Another thing that has helped me a lot um, were affirmations. Okay. And that was another thing that I, I went to YouTube and just, you know, typed it in there and all type of affirmations come up, like affirmations for self-love, affirmations for confidence, so many different um, tools out there to help with things that, you know, I struggle with. I don't know about anybody else, <laughs> but things that I struggle with, you know? Um, self-awareness, all of these things, affirmations. And, and so my routine was that I would wake up super early. I would get ready for work and I would look in the mirror and I would play my affirmations while I was getting dressed. Every, I did that every morning for six months. I saw a huge difference. Wow, that sounds like a great challenge for people to go away and try at home. Yeah, yeah. Are you happen to share your affirmations with us? I, well, okay. I... Typically, like I said, I typically use YouTube um, and the topics usually are about self-love. I don't, I'm trying to think of some just off the top of my head. Do you tend I to mean, find ones that feel right to you at the time? That, yeah, that just feel right to me at the moment. And so here's the other thing. It, because it's just what feels right to me in the moment, it's not the same one. I'm not listening to the same affirmations every day, right? Because some days I wake up and I feel, and I'm like, oh, I look good today. I feel 
I feel beautiful. I don't need that affirmation today. Today, I need my affirmations about confidence because I have a meeting at 930. You know what I mean? So, but again, that goes back to me understanding and listening to my body and listening to uh, what it is that I need that day and being in the moment, being present. And I think that that's what would really draw out. Um, I think that's what would uh, make it so effective for me, being able to listen to my body and figure out what exactly my body is needing for the day. That sounds amazing. And I think for people listening, that's a really good tip, actually, to really think about what it is that you need as an mm -hmm. individual um, and go find the things that you need. Because mm -hmm. like you said, I mean, there's so many resources out there. YouTube is full of affirmations. Social media is full of affirmations. You can get them on various apps and things. You'll be able to find something that works for you. It doesn't have right. to be the same as, as what somebody else uses. So I think right. that's great advice, actually, to really... Right help people realize how individual all this is. Right, like what do I need? And also like, what, what do I feel today? Right, like let that be the first question when I look in the mirror, what do I feel today? Um, and when I'm able to answer that question, I'm able to become more in tune with what it is that I need. So obviously we've talked about anxiety being kind of an ongoing journey. Um, it's something that we continue to work on, work with. But how would you say you are now compared to when you were younger? Oh my goodness, I'm so much better. I've made so much progress uh, mentally. Um, I've gotten to the point now where I'm able to identify what I'm doing. So, so for example, um, I'm able to identify my own behaviors, right? Like, okay, I know that what I'm doing right now, I'm actually sabotaging it. I'm actually procrastinating right now. I'm, so I'm able to actually put words to, to some of my own behaviors. And for me, for, some, for someone like me, that's major progress. Um, because before, I feel like I was just kind of acting out and I didn't have the words to verbalize it. I didn't know what I was doing. I, for me, it was, just, it was just a way of life. You know what I mean? Like it, there were no words to it. It was just how I was feeling and I was just going to do what I wanted to do. And I wasn't mindful of it. And I feel like as I've gotten older, um, I'm actually able to put words to, to my anxiety, right? And to what it is that I'm feeling. I'm able to call out my own behaviors and I'm able to stop myself in my own tracks. Sometimes, sometimes I'm able to stop myself in my own tracks and say, hey, Angela, don't, don't spiral. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that, like I said, for me, that is progress. So just being able to identify being self-aware and being able to identify your own behaviors. Yeah, that's amazing advice, I think, for people mm -hmm. listening. Because we have to know what's happening before we can do anything about it. So yeah. one of the first things I end up working on with people is building that self-awareness. Yes. So they know what it is they're actually doing that's causing the stress and anxiety and the depression and the pressure and all the things that are affecting them on a day-to-day -day basis. Yes. That's amazing. I'm so glad that you're on a path to a better... A better place um, every day I'm trying <laughs> and I think actually I, that's the key thing that I hope people take away from this episode and I'm, I'm so pleased that you've come on and talked to us about it because that mm. attitude of just keep trying I think is probably the most beneficial thing that people can have yes um, I remember one time I was having a conversation with a really great friend and she you know she also has um, depression and anxiety and um, 
she was just talking to me and she was like, man, I, I get really, I'm tired. You know, she was saying that she's tired. She's like, I, how much longer do I have to keep living like this? Like, do I, is this a constant thing? And I was like, hey, it, it pretty much is. It's a constant thing. And it's, it's not something that just goes away overnight. It's something that you have to constantly live with. And, and I don't want to say struggle with, um, but it's something that it, it, it's not a one overnight process. And it's yeah. something that you have to live with and that you work through and you keep trying. And that's all we can do. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm familiar with clients talking about finding it exhausting and finding it yes. difficult. And I just want to touch on, because it sounds like you've kind of got to a point where you can get quite excited about trying different things. Yes. And I'd kind of like to suggest to people listening that if you are really struggling, and you're starting to feel like it's just an ongoing losing battle to try and get interested in what can help you and try and get a bit excited about trying out different things because there's so many different ways in which people learn to manage their anxiety that it's just a case of exploring and finding what works for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, another thing that has worked for me um, has been my eating, the food that I, that I eat. Um, and so I've pretty much, I wouldn't say 100%, um, but I've pretty much cut out like processed food, processed foods, sugars, things like that. Um, I also, so I have heart disease. I have a heart condition that I was born with. And that has also contributed obviously to my anxiety um, and also contributed to my eating habits. Um, but one thing that I've noticed um, is that with, with, with factoring in it like a healthier diet, um, it has, helped me with my mood stabilization, um, with my energy. Um, it's helped me with all of that, right? Like the way that I sleep, all, my anxiety, it's helped me with so many different aspects of my life. Um, I would contribute a lot of, a lot of my like awareness and mindfulness to the foods that I eat, right? Lots of fruits, lots of vegetables, lots of water. Um, Again, everyone doesn't have access to all of these things. So I, I just, you know, I try to meet my friends and people where they are. Um, but for me, it has made a huge difference. Yeah, I think it's quite well known that diet can have a massive impact on our mental health. Right. And yeah, for people listening, it's about doing as much as you can right. with whatever you've got. So if you can just add in a couple of extra vegetables a day, then that's a really mm -hmm. good starting point. So right. Yeah. It's great to hear that you've been feeling better off that. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your story with everybody. No Was there anything else that you really wanted to let people know? I just want everyone to know that, like, if you are experiencing anxiety, you are not alone. Um, talk to someone. Reach out to me. Um, it, you know, I'm here. I know that you, I mean, obviously I'm here in the United States and so everyone doesn't have access, but you can find me on Facebook or something and I would be more than happy to talk to you. <laughs> um, we're all in this together, especially right now with everything that's going on. I think that we all really need to stick together and, and listen to each other and try to have some understanding for each other. Um, these are really tough times. 
and even outside of you know the past few years um it's it's a struggle and and we have to talk to each other and we have to understand each other and yeah <laughs> yeah that's really kind and i think people really do feel alone most of the time yeah and, uh, things like social media can sometimes be a good thing because you'd be surprised how easy it is to find people who are having similar experiences there's loads Absolutely. of groups out there for anxiety there's just and that's what i was saying today yeah like so some support groups like i'm a part of different support groups on facebook and whatnot and believe it or not they've been really helpful like and so these are people that i'll probably never meet but i mean they've been so kind and you know on days where i might not feel so well that's what i call it when my anxiety is really really like when I'm really spiraling, I just say, I'm not feeling well. Um, and on those days where I'm not feeling well, those people in my support groups are amazing. I would encourage anyone to join a support group, even if it's just on Facebook, right? Like if you can't afford therapy right now, or, you know, whatever the case may be, joining a, a Facebook support group. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. I would um, strongly echo that and strongly suggest that people have a look into things like that. Yes. So, yeah. Thank you so much for your time. I realize it's uh, it's in the evening for me, but it's in the morning for you on a yes. Saturday morning. We've drank together. Saturday morning, yeah. I, I already went to the gym this morning, got in my exercise, so now I'm about to seize the day. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Sure. Um, and uh, yeah, I do I do hope that you continue to, to improve. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I really, I really appreciate what you're doing. I think this is great. This is a great platform um, to discuss things like this, anxiety, depression. I mean, all mental health issues, concerns. Um, these are things that need to be talked about. People need yeah. to know that they're not alone. Yeah, it needs to be much more commonly spoken about in the same absolutely. way that we talk about a cold or something like that. Absolutely, absolutely. I had, um, so my job offers like a, a wellness um, group. Uh, with my job and my first question was well does this include mental health mental health wellness you know what I mean like that's a part of wellness a yes. part of wellness is making sure that mentally um, I'm able to to live freely so uh, it's just as important it's just as important as the physical it's just as important as you know your regular exercise that you may do it's important to take care of your mental health as well yeah, amazing. Thank you so much. I really appreciate okay. it. No problem. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast for notifications on future episodes. And if you have the time to write a quick review, then that would be greatly appreciated. To find out more about me and the work that I do, please head to www.anxietytoconfidence.com. That's the number two, anxietytoconfidence.com.